To have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. Sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's up, guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So this week on the podcast, I have on Isaac Alleman. So Isaac works at Black Rifle Coffee Company. He's been in the hunting industry for a long time, and he's been friends with the Eastmans for a long time. Uh, the guy's uh, one of a kind. He's an absolute character, so really fun to have him on the podcast and chop it up. Uh, the guy's uh, killed some great mule deer. Uh, he's hunted that front a bunch, and so we talk about mule deer today. We talk about... Uh, structuring our life to get more hunting time. We talk about family life. Uh, it's just a, a fascinating conversation that I really enjoyed that I think you guys are going to enjoy too. I want to thank my sponsors for today's show. I want to thank Black Rifle Coffee Company. So I'm headed down there this week. We're going to do a, a speaking gig down there and uh, be fun to, to see those guys and um, uh, have some good conversations down there. Those guys are uh, really supporting the outdoors uh, really supporting the things that we love to do, and they make the best coffee out there. Uh, absolutely love their coffee roasts. Um, they they put a bunch of time and effort developing these roasts, and I haven't tried one that I don't like yet. I uh, really think they're the, the best ones going. So you can buy those coffee roasts um, through their website. You can also be part of their coffee subscription. So I've been part of this for the last year. Every month I have a new roast that shows up that I really enjoy. And, and I get to try out all the different roasts to figure out what my favorite one is. So you can be part of that coffee subscription through Black Rifle Coffee Company. They also have their instant coffee, which is actual freeze-dried coffee. Uh, it tastes the best uh, of, of any instant coffee I've ever tried, and it doesn't hurt my gut when I have it. I perform really well on it. So this is what I'll be using all hunting season long. Uh, if you guys are going to be hunting the backcountry, make sure to pick up some of their instant Black Rifle Coffee Company. Uh, they also have tea bags available, and uh, they have some of the, the, the best gear, shirts and hats, and things of that nature. So check them out at their website, Black Rifle Coffee Company. I also want to thank Vector Arrows. These Vector Arrows have been shooting real good for me. So uh, they come and do a dynamic spine that matches up to the weight of your bow, length of your arrows, and they adjust their spine uh, by by 0.25. So you can get uh, uh, a, a three... A 0.325 spine, 0.350 spine, and it really matches the performance of your bow. And when you have an arrow that matches your bow, it makes for a real forgiving setup. Uh, they also have great craftsmanship. All their fletchings are done uh, to perfection. They don't rip off easy. They they uh, have really worked on their components. I love their front-end components. I mean, I can shoot it into a concrete wall, screw off the tip, screw in another tip, and it's good to go. Also, great knocks. Uh, good consistent arrow weight, good consistent straightness. I'm really impressed by these guys. So if you want to get some of these vector arrows, they have two different lines. They have the 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 HMR, which is their hammer, and they also have their ZMR, which I'm shooting this season. Uh, comes in at a a great weight for good uh, 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 penetration. Uh, good aerodynamics, and then also light enough to get that good range forgiveness. So super impressed by these. If you want to get these by fall, get in your order now as they do get backed up on these orders. So uh, get in your order for Vector. They're shooting great for me. I also want to thank Cutter Stabilizers. So Cutter Stabilizers was developed by my buddy Earl Stroll, and uh, he started this business uh, and, and really develop these stabilizers to be the best in the industry. So they're carbon fiber bars, uh, so they're lightweight. He builds his own weight system so you can add or subtract weights by an ounce, and that goes both on your front bar and on your sidebar. They have a new sidebar mount that I'm using this year that's just bomb-proof, and, and all their connections on their bars uh, are made super solid to last the test of time. And and these bars, they really help with the hold of my bow. They help with the reaction of my bow. 
And at this point, I just couldn't shoot without them. I'm shooting a a 15-inch out front. I'm shooting a 12-inch out back. I'm shooting 6 ounces out front and 10 in the back. So I add about a pound to my bow, and the thing is so rock solid. So if you're in the market for some new stabilizers, make sure to check out Cutter. And with that over at Eastman's, we're headed down to that speaking gig. By the time this comes out, we'll have already done it there in, in, uh, at Fieldcraft Survival, but super excited for that. Uh, be on the lookout for new Beyond the Grids. Uh, so I had a, a last season's Nevada hunt come out. Um, I've got a new one that's going to be coming out here shortly that I've watched the preview of that I'm really proud of that turned out really good. It's a, a backpacking hunt late season during the rut. Uh, should make for a great video. I hope you guys enjoy it. So be on the lookout from that, from Beyond the Grid. Uh, we are launching our Muley School here shortly. So I keep getting dates, and uh, we're just uh, uh, making sure that we have everything worked out with the program to make sure that it it uh, uh, holds up to, to what we've been talking about. And um, so it should be coming out this week, but I'll let you guys know when it's officially released, but it's sometime here in the next week or two. We'll get this thing out to you guys. Um, yeah, I'm super proud of how this came out. I've been working my, my way through the course myself and i super impressed at all the information in there, uh, everything I know about hunting mule deer. So uh, that should be really cool as well. And, um, yeah, I'll get together with the Eastman's here and, uh, hopefully record some podcasts with them. I want to get a podcast with Dan and just trying to, to get these hard hitting podcasts here right before season gets out. Uh, my muley season starts in less than a month. Uh, super stoked to go on some of these big adventures and, uh, been scouting for my moose tag quite a bit, uh, going early mornings on the weekend days and then still trying to get stuff done at the house, uh, trying to get the roof on my place here. And get everything watertight so I can disappear for a little while in the mountains. So uh, all good on my end, just real busy, but um, uh, it's a good thing and and fortunate to have the opportunities I do. So uh, let's get into this podcast. So this is with Isaac from Black Rifle Coffee Company. I'm your host, Brian Barney, Eastman's Elevated. Here we go. This morning? Oh, yeah, you know it. Mm-hmm. Dude, it has to be so fun to work at Black Rifle. It looks like uh, such a good community, uh, such a fun place to work. It's unreal. I'm telling you, it's uh, not what I really expected. Uh, Who would have thought a coffee company like that would be so into the outdoors and hire me and my son to go work there? Yeah, what a what a great vision they had. And yeah, to be able to work with your son and and um when I was out there, he was um he was the bow tech. So he's been into bow hunting for uh since he was a little one, I bet. Been learning all along the way. Yes, well, actually see, I didn't get into bow hunting until 2005 is when I got my first bow. And uh so and he was only so he was 5 years old at the time. And, you know, he just would always, he always hung out with me. He always came with me to all the little, like the archery shop is like your local bar. And so he'd come with me to the archery shop and hang out and shoot bows. And I never expected him to really, you know, fall into it, you know, because I never pushed him. He was really into sports when he was a teenager. But as soon as like football season ended his senior year, he just went into archery full, full blown. (laughs) (laughs) man well it's saying something like to be an archery tech is a commitment like it's it's years in the making to learn all those um uh all the tricks and and uh tuning and uh how to problem solve those bows like like it isn't just learning it or reading a book it's experience and it's years of experience but i do think like us guys, we need a place for our passion, you know, and, and, uh, we get done with high school sports that, uh, so competitive and we put so much in and then it's like, now what, now what do we do? And like, for me, I found bow hunting and it sounds like your son's the same way. Like he, he found bow hunting after sports and that's what he put all his effort and emphasis into. And, um, how cool to see him like create a job out of it, like to work at, at one of the best up and coming companies (laughs) as a bow tech, man. It's just amazing. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, what's cool with him, I mean, he got, because the way it happened is he got a part-time job at Shields as a bow tech. And because I worked in the archery industry, people thought automatically, you know, I taught him everything. But the little secret about some people that work in the hunting, well, in the archery industry is you have all the resources there. So why do I want to work on my bow when I got an engineer (laughs) who could, or, you know, or a professional shooter to work on my bow for me? 
So I never worked on him. So he, he went in there and Shields actually preferred that, that he didn't know how to work on bows. So they had people, you know, uh, teach him the, you know, their way to do it. And he had a great guy over there at Shields. It was a, you know, a guy by the name of Austin. And this kid, he took my son under his wing. And then after that, my son dove into YouTube. The funniest thing ever is when my son came home one day and says, Hey dad, do you know who John Dudley is? And I looked at him. I'm like, are you serious, son? I go, go upstairs in your desk drawer. I want you to have, have all your pictures that you have autographs from. Go look at them. <laughs> There's one from, 2000, one from 2009 on there from John Dudley. Oh, man. Um, yeah, that, that's, uh, it, it's so wild. It, it does take that like a, like a mentor, but it, it's, um, it just goes to show like anything you want in life, like you can go out and get. And um, you've been in the archery industry forever, so your reputation, uh, it precedes you. Like uh, the, the Eastmen sure have a bunch of good stories about you over the years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, actually, well, the thing is, I, I got in the hunting industry late in life. I was in my 30s when I decided what I wanted to do. Hmm. I mean, I was, my job, my goal was I was working for the state of Utah. I was working at the DMV. I was there for nine years working there at the DMV. My job was to do, uh, I did undercover license plating for like the FBI and ATF people. And then I did uh, impound auctions with cars that got impounded. So that, that's what I did. My plan was to work at the state and retire there, put in 30 years, retire, get a pension, all that. And all that changed one year and it sprung me into where I am now. I mean, it, you know, and I'll, I really all started when I finally killed my first mule deer. So <laughs> really, uh, so, was, so yes, it was it your love of hunting that got you in the outdoor industry. You really, you, uh, oh, uh, working for was, your retirement man. and then killed a mule deer and go, man, <laughs> I got to do something I love, something that I'm passionate about. Well, for me, you know, what happened is. You know, I've always hunted mule deer. I mean, my, my, my family, mule deer hunters. My dad, uh, he's from northern New Mexico, and he's always hunted mule deer. We've never hunted elk. In fact, I've never killed a bull elk, ever. Wow. So we've always hunted mule deer, and it started, I remember my dad shot a nice 3x3 three three with eye guards on it, and my older brother got the rack. And he hung his bow and his fishing pole on it, and he would, and I always wanted a big you know, mule deer rack with eye guards always and it drove me crazy because my dad whenever we'd see a deer my dad's old school it was you see a deer first buck you see you shoot him in the head don't waste any meat and you drag it out so the antlers are always broken we never saw any big deer <laughs> but that was my love for mule deer yeah and by the time i was able to hunt it was in the 90s in utah and we had that terrible snowstorm that a winter that killed a bunch of mule deer off so when i was able to hunt it wasn't like back in the day and we really didn't know how. My dad's my dad was a he you know, he was a steel hunter. We would hike our butt off, we would have tortillas, sardines, potted meat, and water and apples, and then a pocket in a little fanny pack, and then we'd have bitto honeys to eat on the trail as we're hiking, so you don't drink as much water. That was my dad's philosophy. That's how we did it. <laughs> yeah, uh, those and, uh, <laughs> that last generation, they built those guys tough, didn't they? Man, oh man, they built they, them tough. It's um, you know, it's did. A, a lot like how I grew up, like in Western Washington hunting, you know, and um, just didn't have the gear. Can you imagine the the jeans and flannel and like the Pacific <sighs> Northwest was soaking wet, rained all the time, and all yep. you had was like the the deadliest catch, Helly Hansen rain gear that you just sweat your ass <laughs> off in. You know, you were wet no matter. What, whether uh, it was the rain or whether it was sweat, but they those guys loved it. They had such a passion for it and a passion for the outdoors. And thank God those guys passed yep. it on to their kids and like uh, you know, in my case, the grandkids. Like um, uh, you know, they've been hunting for generations and they share it with us. And and then um, yeah, I mean, just like your son, it took me a little while. Like I liked it through high school, but it was once I didn't have wrestling or I didn't have those sports. It was where am I going to put my effort at? And um, found found backcountry bow hunting and it was like man this is uh real similar to wrestling like the harder i work at it the more i can achieve the more i learn about it the more i can achieve and it it's out there for us and we're so fortunate to have that opportunity and um yeah that's like move to montana a better place to hunt and find those opportunities and be able to chase those critters around with a bow and arrow but yeah it's a beautiful thing those guys shared um uh their passion for the outdoors with us 
Yes, I mean, see, for me, it wasn't sports. It was uh, once I got married and quit, you know, chasing girls, basically. Once I got married is when I got serious about hunting. Mm -hmm. Because so so when I got married, I was uh, 21. And I, uh, you know, I, I basically, you know, I became a dad right away because my wife, when I married her, she already had a daughter. And so, you know, I raised her since she was, you know, ever since she was two years old. So when I got married, I became a dad right away and of course had to work, but then I got serious about hunting. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, okay, we're going to do this. And I remember I went and put a gun, uh, a 30 odd six Ruger stainless steel Ruger 30 odd six on layaway. See, I don't know if any of the viewers, I mean, these young don't know what layaway is. I, I remember layaway, but yeah, it's been a few years. I made weekly, I made weekly payments, any spare cash I could get, I would go over there and pay on that gun. And, and so at that time I was just into hunting and back then, I mean, all you really had on TV were whitetail hunting videos. Mm-hmm. And as I would sit there, you know, my brother and I, we would watch these videos uh, and just we you know, we just like seeing deer get shot, basically, you know, because you really never saw a deer get shot back then. Just watching, you know, but it's all whitetail stuff. And my brother one time came, you know, worked with a guy and says, "Hey, I got these videos. You got to check them out. They're the Eastmans." I'm like, "Okay, well, let's, let's watch them." And we started watching them, and the mule deer, we were all excited about it. And then you know, started learning about the whole you know rack bracketing and everything. I was like, "This is deep." I mean, I was getting into it. <laughs> And it was, and so you got to realize, I started hunting oh, probably in the 90s, and I went, we, I probably went a good 10, 12 years without killing a deer. I mean, you know, my dad, he did, you know, kill me, you know, nothing. I mean, I, I struggled hunting. And so when I finally killed my first deer, it was like in 2000 is when I did it. And that was it. Everything I wanted to do was revol- was revolved around hunting. I mean, everything I, I could, I could, I look for articles. I would, anything I could find, I could read. Because the internet still wasn't, you know, as available as it is now. Mm-hmm. And so all we had were Eastman's Hunting Journal and the videos. And I'll tell you this, man, after that first year, I was hooked. That was it <laughs> for me. <laughs> Good on you. Uh had to pay your dues, right? Like in the day and age of instant gratification, it doesn't come in one month or uh, one year uh, or even multiple years. Like it's it's a, a lifetime of worker. Like you have to pay your dues out in the mountains and experience is the best teacher, but it is like um, there's that information out there. And so it sounds like you just committed to it, like taking in all the information you could take in and then start applying it in the field and you, you fail and you learn from it and you get better and eventually you get um to where you're proficient at it to where you are now like you've killed some great bucks so so what would you say like the keys to your success were was it just the passion for it learning about it and then applying it in the woods um or was there something else it's it's passion and time and you know and but it's also the hard. i mean well the hard part is is bouncing the passion with the regular work life and the family life and that is so so that's where i mean i'll I'll talk about that a little later but that's where really you got to learn to do so for instance for me i knew i found out mike um so i I found out mike had that book hunting high country mule deer and i'll be honest i mean i didn't learn this till later on in life but you know uh through high school junior high and high school i was i was you know i i was dyslexic i had a hard time reading and I, i didn't catch it until i was older like wow uh, you know, how, how dyslexic I am. And I remember it was, uh, there's only one place in Utah that had that book, uh, had his book. So of course I didn't have a library card. My wife did. And I got that book, high, uh, honey, high country mule deer. And of course took me forever to read it and got a fine, fine. <laughs> so, so, and then, and then, so I had to return it and I'll never forget. Cause I didn't, I didn't grasp everything the first time I read it. But I get to realize this was the first book I read since like The Outsiders in junior high. Okay. So I'm in like my 30s. Okay. Last book I read was like ninth grade, what, 14, 15. <laughs> and, and I'll never forget it was the, the Sportsman's Expo was coming to town and it was, oh, it was 04. It was 04. And 
I was like, oh, the Eastmans are going to be there. I was so excited that, you know, Eastmans were going to be there. I wanted to meet these guys and everything. And my wife ended up winning a trip to South Beach, Florida for, from her work to go that, during that weekend. And no lie, I almost said, no, honey, let's, why don't you and our oldest daughter, you know, my oldest daughter, why don't you two go and I'll stay home? Because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to meet those guys. And I was so happy that my brother went there bought me the book, had it signed by Mike Eastman and gave it to me a, a few months later for my birthday. And I'll, and I'll, I'll tell you that book right there is, is what really did it for me because, because I, what I started doing is I started scouting, you know, right away, took what the book said, and I actually went and I bought me a spotting scope and tripod. And you know, the, the true story is the first time I went up in the summertime in the area we have hunted our whole entire life, I sat up on the ridge, didn't skyline myself, was down. I actually bivvied out. It's the first time I ever, you know, bivvied out. And it was, you know, I, I was only maybe what, three miles in. And I had so much stuff with me. I look back at that picture of like almost two gallons of water, a nine millimeter extra magazine. I mean, I even brought the book with me. And I'll never forget when that sun set, how, you know, freaked out I was. Because I've never stayed in the woods like that by myself. And that next morning I got up, got the spotting scope, took it out, and I saw the biggest buck I've ever seen there. Could not believe it. And I was like, oh, this works. I was so excited. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> and wild. All I had, and all I had was a rifle tag at the time. All I had was a rifle tag at the time. And so uh, after that, I just, you know, that year we had a bad snowstorm and he wasn't there. And the following year, I said, I'm going to get into bow hunting. I want to do the dedicated hunter program where you could do in Utah, you have that program. It's a three year program for mule deer. And that three years you could hunt all three seasons, but you could only take two deer in the three years. Mm -hmm. And so sure enough, uh, that second year did the same thing with the book said, he'll be within the you know, same area and everything. Found him, watched him all summer, tried to bow hunt him, didn't work. And I got him on the muzzle loader. Oh, good for you. And it's all from just, I mean, seriously, from the videos and that book right there. That's what I said. That's why I, that's why I tell them, you know, the Eastmans, you know, they're the godfathers of hunting high country mule deer because nobody gave two uh, I, shit. Yeah. Sorry, you yeah. have to bleep that. But then we give two shits about hunting uh, you know, mule deer like that in, you know, back then. I mean, yeah, really, this, this is, I mean, still the early, you know, 2000s. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is 2004, 2005. And nobody cared, I mean, about it as like they do now. And, you know, those are the guys, that book right there, I, I tell them, I, I tell anybody that, you know, I hunts with me is, you got to read that book. If you don't read that book, then we're not hunting. <laughs> we have such parallel journeys, Isaac. Uh, like, um, uh, yeah, I found that book as well. I, I had moved um, from Washington to Montana for more, uh, hunting opportunities, but I moved to the best elk hunting spot and I, I enjoy hunting all species. <laughs> and so, uh, I dove headfirst into elk hunting, but I always had that in the back of my mind. Like I really want to hunt big mule deer. And so I, I read the same book and, um, and it takes, like, uh, for us guys, too, it's tough to teach us things that we're not interested in. Like, I wasn't the best in school because yes. I wasn't interested in it. I was too interested in sports mm -hmm. and girls and other things. But but all of a sudden, you know, like, I'm into this backcountry hunting. And I remember reading that book and taking in that information. Just like you, I had to read it multiple times to try to take in all that information. And, and then it takes you know, pushing your comfort level like you did backpacking into the mountains, you know, with your, your pistol and your book and sleeping up on the top of the mountains, but you have to do things that you're not comfortable with. And, and I continue in my hunting journey to, to push my limits and to push my comfort level. And, uh, it seems like that's when we really grow. And so, you know, you took in that information, but then you had to put it into practice. You had to be up there on the mountain. You had to be up there with your spotting scope up there during yes. muzzleloader season, rifle season, and try to kill that Correct. buck and eventually did. And, and then we learn from those experiences and learn that we can do it and continue to push and strive for more. Uh, but yeah, that, that book 
such a great resource. He just, um, Mike Eastman just understood mule deer so well. And so he was able to lay it out in a format where we could digest it and understand it and then put it into practice and then find out there's so many great uh, mule deer opportunities. And when I start, first started traveling and hunting them, there was nobody putting in for these bow tags. I was able to draw all the best mule deer tags across <laughs> the country and go hunt them. And a, and a lot of them, yep. you know, I was trying to do it on a carpenter's wage, but I just saved my money throughout the year. And you talk about that balance. Like, um, you know, you, you can't be a successful mule deer hunter. Like uh, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so you can't yeah. be a successful mule deer hunter and be a bad family man. You're going to end up divorced and uh, you're going to end up like inside your own head and can't focus on the hunt or can't focus yes. on uh, uh, being work. at your best. Yeah. And also work like you've got to be able to pay your bills and save money and be able to travel to these places and take the time hunting. And so uh, like like that was um, uh, something that I had to learn. Uh, throughout time too is that um, man it it's uh, you have to be good at being a good family man and being there for your family so you get them on board and they support your passion and want you to go and want you to go enjoy yourself have to be good at work so you can pay your bills and and be able to spend the time up there but it's so key and I think um, you have to have a passion for bow hunting and want to get better at it but you also have to have a passion for life and want to be good at at everything yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, I mean, like I said, it, it became such an addiction for me. I mean, I'll never forget the time, you know, I, you know, I worked for the state government, and I have no idea who this person was, but they went and they told my supervisor that I was looking at, you know, porn on the state computer, <laughs> okay? Which they have all these blockers where you, I mean, that's, and, and my boss called me in, and she called me in her office, and she goes, Isaac, uh, so the internet is only supposed to be used for work purposes only. And somebody reported you, so they ran your last two months report of what you've been looking at. And uh, remember, the file folder was like that. And it was monster muleys, okay, uh, at the time, because that was the only resource, another resource that you had online, right? It was like monster muley form stuff and all this, like, hunting, hiking stuff. I mean, I remember a Story Creek used to advertise in your magazine, your guys' magazine. And it was a story creek, like where you could go and buy stuff at and everything. And I'll never forget, like, yep. She goes, yeah, you got to stay off of that, <laughs> off, of the, <laughs> off of that. <laughs> I mean, it was, it's hilarious. I mean, and, you know, and as moving forward for me, I was, you know, you know I've always been fascinated with, you know, the gear side of things like the backpacks and that. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget, I found a backpack at one of the stores and I found out they were in Utah. So I ended up going over there to, you know, it was Badlands, went to Badlands Packs, went in there. The owner happened to be there, and I told him I was a fan, and he gave me a great deal on a pack, and I was just, boom, fanboy, you know. And this was back before they had influencers or pro staff, really, because this, again, this was early, uh, I mean, this was early 2000s. And he gave me such a good deal on it that I made sure, like, I, I made sure to stay in front of the guy's face. So I worked at the DMV. And what's the worst thing in the world is having to register your car for a lot of people. So I always kept track of when his cars were due and I'd call him up, say, hey, your car's due, get your stuff together. I'll come and get it, register your car for you and bring you back the sticker. So kept doing that to the owner, stay in front of his face. And then he would have, they'd have shows or specials and I would go and help them at those shows work for free because they'd give me a free backpack. And then I did the very first Western Hunt Expo with them and I was selling the backpacks there. And at this time, uh, I was after the state. So at the state, I, uh, I kind of got demoted uh, because I worked, you know, again, worked for the DMV, impound yard, auctions. I bought a car from an auction yard and it was a conflict of interest, so they demoted me. And I said, forget it, I'm gonna go work at Easton Archery then. So I got a job at customer service for Easton Archery. And prior, oh, so hold on, prior to that though, with the whole Badlands thing, is I used to go, when I met the Eastmans, I was actually selling backpacks for Badlands. They said, hey, go to the show, take the packs, sell, uh, sell the packs, whatever you sell, you keep whatever you don't bring back. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. And I said, you know what? My, I had a buddy of mine, I go, let's start an online store. So we started an online store called humpbackcountry.com. And it was, we had, I figured out how to drop ship and so we had uh, sleeping bags, tents from a local company, and Badlands backpacks on there. 
And that's what we were going to sell, tents, sleeping bags, and backpacks. We sold maybe three packs. I even I remember, <laughs> I remember I even advertised in the magazine. We, sold, we didn't know what we were doing. And we went to the show in Denver, and that's when I met the Eastmans. And I was just so fanboying out with them, buying Mike beers. I was like, oh, my God, the Eastmans are so cool. And that's when I first met those guys over there. And we, we developed a friendship right away from there because I showed them the deer I killed because of them and everything. And so then I, as we moved forward, you know, uh, I ended up getting a job at Easton. And then when I was at Easton, the owner of Badlands came to me and says, hey, why don't you just come and be the sales manager for me at Badlands? He goes, you're passionate enough. And I go, I go, dude, I graduated with like an eighth grade education. I didn't go to college. He goes, I don't care. He goes, I could teach you everything you want to know. And sure enough, I was at East, Easton for four months and he hired me. He hired me. And when he hired me, he said, you come and work for me within five years, Easton will want to hire you back as a sales manager. And Brian, I'm not bullshitting you. It was almost five years to the month. And Easton hired me back as a sales manager. <laughs> so that's how I got started in the, uh, the hunting and archery industry. It was customer service taking uh, for four months, taking that leap to go work for Badlands. And from there, Badlands was my college. I mean, I went there as a sales manager, not knowing anything, but just hungry, hungry for, you know, for everything. And, you know, it was during that time when I really just got to meet people and work on my, you know, just work on my craft really of mm -hmm. connections and honey mule deer. But the best ever is when the owner of Badlands came to me because he was very, you know, you know, he's more of a businessman. He really, he wasn't a hunter. He was a straight up businessman. And the owner at the time came to me one time and he's, he's always reading these, you know, books, you know, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, what do you call them again? Like those, not so much self-help books, but mm -hmm. like how to make it in business, business books and that. And he, and it was the, and it was the time after I killed those two big mule deer. He said, Isaac, if you spent as much time reading these, you know, these business books as you did reading books about mule deer, where would you be now? And I told him, I go, I probably would be making a lot more money, but no big mule deer. <laughs> <laughs> and he walked out of my office. It was great. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, the the Eastmans talk about that, and they talk about you making your way uh, into the business. But just telling me that, um, man, you didn't have a, a marketing budget. Like you didn't have much money to spend. No. Like uh, you did it all on on uh, just your personality and meeting people and staying in contact with yes. people, just like your job for Badlands, like going down and registering his car over and over so yeah. you could talk to him. And it's amazing. Like you can, you can build any life you want and it, it's just, um, it's a long haul. It's not a short game. It's a long game. Uh, but it is, it's like, it's working on your craft as you did at Badlands to be uh, really good in sales and really good building those connections in the industry. Um, but, but man, it was just willpower. It was something you loved to do and you worked at it. I mean, same for me. Like I just, um, I love backcountry bow hunting and, and I committed myself to that process, but it is, it's making connections along the way uh and and talking with guys and and um you know and having confidence in your skills and your ability but boy you can you can sure achieve anything you want in life if you just work towards it you just gotta be patient and remember it's a long game it, it just doesn't happen overnight and that's exactly oh, yeah. what you did you built that whole life that you're living now uh all around your love for hunting big mule deer and well and and not to mention be willing to fail because you know, going and starting an online business with my best friend, which we're not best friends anymore. That's what happens when you go into business with your best friend. <laughs> but going in and trying to start an online business and having it just fail completely. Not to mention when I went and did that show in, uh, you know, Colorado for Badlands when I met the Eastmans. It, you know, the deal was I go to the Colorado show. I pay for the booth. They just give me the product. And I said, whatever I sell, I keep and whatever I don't sell, give back to them. And this was again early, what, 2006, I want to say, 2000, maybe 2000, maybe 2007. But we went and did that show. And sure enough, people weren't ready to buy expensive backpacks back then. And I lost a lot of money by the time because I rented a U Haul, you know, trailer, hotel, all that. And we lost a lot of money on that. And it failed miserably. And we had to shut down the website and everything. And what's funny, I think uh, somebody owns it now. And it's like a, a blog or a podcast now, 
But yeah, I mean, failing at that was like a big thing. I mean, but I, like I said, I just, to me, I really, I wasn't trying to get in the industry. I was just loving what I was doing and making connections. And it just, you know, you know, saying it all came together. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, failure, like, uh, uh, I just think, uh, uh, bow hunting mimics life so much like like yeah. in bow hunting failure is a prerequisite you are gonna fail on stocks you're gonna fail on shots you're gonna fail on hunts like traveling across the country not every unit i pick was a uh, was a win you know I, I had to go for a week or 10 days and go strike out and not find a big mule deer buck uh, but i had to put in my time and from those failures you pick yourself up you get back after it and you you keep working towards your goal and same thing in life like uh, uh not every venture i take is gonna win like uh, some of them are gonna fail or some of them are gonna be a long game that i gotta keep working at and and you can't uh, you can't let that failure uh, uh, ruin you. You can't sit, sit and soak about it. Like you just got to move on to the next thing. Like you got to realize failure is the, the one of the greatest teaching tools you can get. You learn far more from your failures than you do your successes. And so it's just like keep after it and keep after the long term goal. And not everything works out. And maybe your mindset changes. But if you keep working towards it anything's achievable and whether that's working in the industry or whether that's killing big mule deer uh if you're passionate about it and you love it uh like it'll just come you just gotta keep putting in the time and effort that's exactly what you did yeah i mean and you know and you know one of the things i always say you know i i would always say is some people always say go you're a hustler you know Mm -hmm. and that term used to have such a bad meaning behind it i because when i say it you know when i would say it now or whatever even my family would say, oh, I, you know, hustler, yeah, sounds like a bad term, but no, I mean, that's what, you know, you really are, you're, you're a hustler, and you're trying to make your way, I mean, however you can, but, you know, that, that that's the best way to put it, is like, you know, you got to hustle and put that time in, you know. I love that, what, Isaac. Not, 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 not that type of hustling up here, no, not, <laughs> no, not, not that type, yeah, but the other type. You got NWA <laughs> up above you. No, I love the hustling. I love, uh, uh, you've been putting out these five-minute podcasts, and I heard that one with Henry the other day, the seven-minute one, and it was great. So you're talking to uh, backcountry bow hunters, and you're asking them questions that aren't related to hunting at all. And so you asked him about his favorite al- album, and he said, Too Short, you know, which hit me by such surprise, you know with with henry and um uh you know just uh uh he works in the furniture business like a upper oh, yeah. guy and then um uh he, you know he's, just he's, a, a he's great a family bow man. hunter you yeah. know great mule deer yeah. hunter. i really like that guy and he's just hilarious but uh yeah i thought it was funny that his favorite album was too short but that's similar to me like that's that same music that i like growing up you know but uh uh, yeah, it's not the same hustle, but it is. It's like uh, hustling to make a better life for yourself, uh, hustling to um, uh, make yourself better, you know. And, and, yeah, I think of myself the same way. Like, I like to hustle, you know. I like to uh, side gigs and side jobs. And, you oh, yeah. know, it's, um, um, you know, and in construction business, too. Like, it's tough to to work your way into where you're getting these custom homes and these good projects, you have to hustle. You have to take jobs that nobody else wants. And you got to go do these yep. tough remodels and re-roofs and re-sidings. Got to work weekends. You got to put your time in and build your reputation. And eventually, you know, I've been able to build this business to where now I get a bunch of good custom in work, but it's all from that hustle. And same thing in the, in the industry. I just willed myself into it. Like you, I fell in love with the Eastmans, uh, reading uh, High Country Mule Deer. I loved um, uh, reading Cameron Haynes when he took over the the bow hunting magazine, the Eastman's yep. Bow Hunting Journal, and I would race to my mailbox to to read it. And, and through that, I was just so yep. passionate, and I loved it so much. And so I just started putting all my time and effort and started making my own path and my own journey. And, like, everybody's journey is different, but I just started hustling. I started writing and submitting things. Uh, started photographing and you know I didn't know anything about photographing or uh, uh, anything about uh, I didn't know anything about anything Isaac like I just I just knew that I loved it and that I wanted to work at it and if I could create a side hustle there and and that's pretty much what this podcast came from. And now it's been seven years and really grown into any, something. But, you know, when I first started, there was nobody listening to it. You know, there's nobody listening to me in my basement. Uh, but it's that hustle, man. That hustle is so important in life, isn't it? Oh, it is. It really is in everything you do. And, you know, but one of the things, too, is you can't get too tunnel visioned because, 
I, you know, I'll be honest with you, I was so into this hunting and everything that my wife and I, I mean, you know, our relationship kind of started to struggle there mm-hmm. because I noticed as we became, you know, you know, us men, we're so proactive. We go after what we want. And for me, you know, I was like, okay, well, I'm married. My wife, she's got the kids. She's good. I mean, we're good. You know, she, she's got the kids. We're married already. I don't need to do anything special or anything. And I'm gone leaving her with the kids all the time. And that was, uh, you know, after a while that wears on her. And, you know, it got to the point to where it got to be pretty bad to where, you know, she, you know, she, you know, it wasn't, she was mad. She wasn't supporting me. It was just like, Hey, you know, could we go do something sometime? And I'm like, well, why I could be scouting or I could be doing this. And that's where I had to, you know, break it down. And now we got this great system to where basically from August until December 1st, uh, it's hunting season time. Don't. I tell people, don't get married, don't have babies, or don't invite me to have babies, no major birthday, don't expect me to be there. And then as soon as the hunt ends, you know, uh, the late season ends, you know, December 1st kicks in, I take my wife to Vegas for almost, you know, for a whole weekend of just shopping and fun. I mean, that's what, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what we do. Yeah. Uh, so important, Isaac. It takes effort with your family. And I think, um, you know, I'm guilty of that as well as I I did have such tunnel vision and spend all my time doing it with shed hunting and bear hunting <laughs> and elk and deer and scouting and uh, just putting in my time trying to hone my craft. But yeah, um, through that, like, um, yeah, I, I neglected, you know, the family. Uh, my family is the most important thing. And through my younger years and having that tunnel vision, I made those same mistakes. And and I, I learned that it that it takes effort with your family. It's taking them to go do fun adventures, it, and it it, yep. it it's putting the effort, and it's also being present, like just in everyday life. Like I noticed, you know, a lot of times I'd come home and I'm thinking about problems at work, or I'm thinking about my next bow hunting trip, or mm-hmm. I'm out shooting my bow, and I'm not even present with my family. And so a lot of it for me was just to be present, just to really enjoy their company and laugh with them and spend time with them and plan these vacations and go on these trips and and really put effort into my family to be the best family man I can. And I, you know, I have more joy out of that than anything I've done uh, in life. And and, and in turn, they support me. And so just like you say, when it's hunting season, they know that I'm going to be gone every weekend and I'm going to be leaving for weeks. And and, you know, now that, uh, you know, the podcast has taken off, I've got to be gone during the summer and go to shoots and go to uh, speaking gigs and things of that nature but they support me wholeheartedly but it it really was a transition of um uh, really appreciating my family and you know what like it i think i gained that perspective from being in the mountains like you get in the mountains things slow down you're able to look at your life and look at your path a little bit more and and you can't hide from yourself anymore like when you're up there by yourself and you're up there hunting you can't hide from who you really are like you really get to look at yourself and think about what's important to you and what's important to your life and then you get to come back and you get to reset and um you know i think it was that perspective uh, being up in the mountains and thinking about my family and really realizing like, man, I got to put some effort in here. Like I really got to take this seriously or I might lose it all, you know? And so, um, it, it was a, a, a shift, but yeah, it just as important as, uh, honing your craft and backcountry bow hunting. Uh, you have to put that same effort into your family and into your work, uh, to really have a truly balanced life and enjoy it to the fullest. I, I truly believe that. Yeah, I mean that's so. I mean that's one of the things I would always say is, um, you know, I, people say, well, how you know, what's the secret of killing big mule deer? You know, because I mean, yeah, the, the last the last truly big mule deer I killed, I mean, was you know, uh, back in 2010. I mean, I went my second mule deer was a 32 inch, you know, four by four with a bow, and you know, and then my next year I killed a you know, 31 inch three by three that went 181. Wow. All right. And so, you know, after that, you know, uh, trust me, I, since then I have seen a big deer, but I have, you know, I would pass a lot of deer, but I just wanted to kill that big deer. And I've had opportunities on big deer. I'll just be honest. I screwed it up. I got too cocky and, you know, and then my son started getting into sports more, you know, family time started taking off, you know, taking up more of my time. And then not to mention during that, you know, that, that stretch of years because I finally killed a mule deer last year. I mean, people were giving me so much crap because I would hold out until the last day if I knew there's a big deer in the area. Because my thing is, 
how I, I would rather eat a tag and shoot something, you know, that I, you know, not than not shoot that deer that I want to shoot. All right. So I ate a lot of tags all those years. But during those years, too, I also helped, you know, other mentor other people. And I want to say within like that, you know, that time from what, you know, 2010 until like now, I want to say I helped close to maybe 12 or 15 people kill their first mule deer. Wow, that's that wild. Frame. Yeah, good for you. That you mentoring know. is so important. Sorry about that. I dropped my mic, Isaac. Oh, no, you're good. <laughs> and so, and but but like but like you know, going back to just you know being ha- being able to have that bounce, it was nice for me to have that bounce, you know, because I'm still passionate about it. But I got to the point where I was putting so much pressure and you know on myself, you know, to want to kill a big deer that I was beginning to not enjoy it because mm-hmm. it was, you know. Because it was, you know, that was my second and third deer with a bow. Those two, you know, these two two big deer I killed, you know. And after that, I was cocky and like, oh yeah, pff, I could, pff, I could shoot that deer. I could, I, I could sneak it through that patch of branches that big and just blowing. I mean, even the year before, I had this great deer looking right at me, frontal, and I'm like, well, shoot, I'm a, I could shoot him right in the chest. Heck, no problem at all. I should have waved. I shot and I went to the right, missed him completely. If he would have been broadside, I mean, you know, it's just the little mistakes I was making and it was getting frustrating. But I really do enjoy like taking people out. Like my son, for instance, I want to say when, you know, when he was able to hunt, he filled seven out of eight mule deer tags. Wow. You know, and his biggest one were with a bow. I got a nephew who just, you know, same thing as first two years out hunting we tagged out opening muzzleload season and he got the bug too and my nephew too was going out and he's just now slaughtering some big deer i mean it's so cool to watch these people get into hunting and kind of pass that on sometimes it's more rewarding than actually killing a big deer absolutely um easy for me to say that because i don't kill big deer anymore so that's why i can say that now <laughs> whatever i seen your phone you got some big deer in your in your path for sure but um yeah no that's um a big part of it you can drive and push too hard for success and uh start to not enjoy it it's about enjoying the entire process it's about enjoying these hunts you know we we spend yeah. all this um uh, time and effort and money to to be able to go challenge ourselves up on the mountain and if you're not enjoying it like what's the point why are even up there if if the only thing you enjoy about hunting is standing over a big mule deer uh you're not going to kill too many because you're not doing it for the right reasons um but i'm with you like um it's super important to me to see my friends succeed like uh my my best hunting buddies the the ones that i share hunts with uh, the the guys that i grind with like i want to see those guys arrow bucks i want to introduce it to my kids the the same way my dad introduced it to me to be able to take them on these adventures and to be able to enjoy it whether they kill a deer or not you know and they 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 have done well you know i'm able to take a lifetime of of mule deer experience and able to to teach them and and um, show them what i know but uh also with my dad as he's getting older and um you know he's in his 60s now but he still loves to hunt and so it's important to me every year to make sure that i'm taking time uh, to hunt with them and um, uh, to to enjoy that. So I really do think like part of being a successful backcountry hunter is uh, enjoying the entire process and enjoying the challenge. And and even, dude, I'm the same way. Like um, I, I have a bunch of big deer in my pets. Like I've got three 200 inches that I've arrowed. I've got, you know, a number of bucks on a number of different hunts. I still screw up. I still, I hunted a buck last year in Colorado for seven days and I skinned my arrow right over the top of his back after I finally got my chance at 40 (laughs) yards on a gimme shot, all twisted up, trying to self film it. Like, um, you know, and it, it just happens and it, it hurt. It cut me deep. Like I, I, I won't say that it didn't, but I did sit up there in the mountains and have that realization that, you know, hey, you're up here above 12,000 feet in Colorado living out your dream with a bow and arrow, <laughs> and there's other big mule deer around. Like, don't sit and pout about missing some big deer. Get back after it and enjoy it. Like, you're up here and you got the days. This is what you've trained all year for. Like, um, enjoy it. And that was, um, you know, after that, I went on a, 
good run and arrowed a couple bucks in a couple different states and a really nice bowl and like I ended up having a great season but it, it is um enjoying the entire process and not just enjoying standing over a big deer like um there's so much to it there's uh, uh so many nuances to uh backcountry bow hunting and to life in general I think that's why it, why I like it Oh, there is. Now, let me ask you, Brian, have you noticed, I mean, but have you noticed like the type of personality in person, like, like the guys that kill big mule deer, you know, year after year. So, I mean, of course, you know, I mean, you got those guys that are married, family, who are passionate about it. They find time. I mean, there are some guys here in Utah that I know, you know, great family guys. They have their job, their family, but they leave 11 o'clock at night to check their trail cameras. You know what I mean? And they could save all their vacation so whenever they can they can like they can hunt like they never sleep all right you got guys like that but then i've noticed you got these guys who or I, I call them kids or whatever but you know they're probably in their you know 20s 30s and they like have no girlfriend they <laughs> you know they they're they I mean that's all they do is year in year out just look and look for mule deer i mean I mean, it's a, it's a different breed of a person out there now to where it's like, I mean, sometimes you wonder what their job is. I mean, I've learned either they sell alarm systems in the summertime uh, and only work during the summer or they're, uh, you know, they got a, a, they're a trust fund baby or they're living at home and mommy and daddy pay for everything. And all they do is go chase mule deer. But these guys I've seen this, have you seen like that personality where it's, you know, it's kind of like, uh. They're kind of, I'm going to say weird, but, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Rain Man type style, I mean, to where that's all they do. It's just mule deer and then hunting and that's it. Like, no girlfriend, no other social life. I mean, all you know, they're out there grinding. Have you, I mean, have you seen that in, you know, now, all these years later? Yeah, I definitely see common traits on the guys that kill big mule deer. But to be honest, like the the guys that 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 I see being successful are the guys that uh, have paid their dues, and and the majority of them are really good family men. And so, like as as you're sitting here describing it, I'm thinking of the the you know the really good mule deer hunters I know the. Um, Ryan Lampers, like right around you, the Kip Fowler, yep. the Matt Bateman. Yep. The, Kip, Matt Bateman. You described yep. uh, checking your cameras at 11 and not sleeping. I think you were describing, um, gosh, I had him on the podcast. He killed a giant buck uh, two years ago on the front out there. Um, oh, gosh, my mind. James? Like, yeah, yeah, James uh, Yates. Yep. Um, yep. But the majority of guys that I know have a really good balance in their life and a really good family man and definitely passionate and uh, a, a, a bit of in, introverts. Like uh, I, I felt like you were describing <laughs> me maybe when you were describing that. <laughs> but, uh, Sorry uh, about what? Yeah. <laughs> they, they are be, driven. I, I see uh, yes. like the, the most common trait uh, that, that I see in successful hunters is, is just perseverance. Like uh, it, it's yeah. To continue to go, and even after they fail, they continue to put forth effort and uh, almost eternal optimists. Like they always think they're going to find a big buck, and they always think they're going to make it happen. And it may come down to the to the last day, but they grind and make it happen. So the majority of guys, like I haven't really ran into a lot of that that younger generation that don't have girlfriends, that don't have a family life, and go all the time. Like occasionally I see that, but even some of the young guys I see coming up uh, have a family. And, and try to find that balance with their family and hunting. Uh, but but definitely um, a one-track mind. They have one thing they love, you know, and that's yeah. and that's backcountry hunting, you know, and definitely put it, all it, their effort into it, that. And, 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 and it's mule deer, though, and it's usually just mule deer, I've noticed. Yeah. I mean, you know, not elk hunters, I mean, but it's like they're mule deer. And somebody said, that's a Utah thing. You Utah guys are weird about mule deer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm not seeing a lot of them, but I've seen quite a bit of them, and mm-hmm. some of them are married, but they still have that same type of mindset mm-hmm. to where they don't care about anything. They're going to, it's all about mule deer. I mean, and it's, you know, there's not, you don't see a balance with them. It's just all it is. And it's just crazy to see, you know what I mean? I mean, they'd be married and no kids. And I'm like, buddy, wait till you start getting kids. Cause I remember <laughs> when uh, Matt Bateman got married and he's got kids, yo. And I'm like, yeah, buddy, wait, you wait, but see what happens now. <laughs> because <laughs> well, I started, I mean, I started out, I, cause I started out hunting. All, I mean, I got married young and you know, and you know, when I got married, I became an instant dad. So I really don't know what it was like. I mean, 
God, what I mean, hell, if I could have, I would have lived with my parents as long as I could. Not, you know, work just to have money to go hunt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, that I can be say, the dream. Like, I wouldn't change a thing, but sometimes I do have those those visions of uh, uh, just like not working construction and just being uh, almost like uh, uh, living out of a wall tent and just hunting all the time, you know? But uh, I, I think like uh, uh, the guys that I see that are successful uh, live bow hunting 365. Like they're constantly yeah. working at their craft, you know? Yep. And in the off season, you know, I was running yesterday and it was negative 25. You know, it's like I shoot my bow every single day. I get my arrows in and I've gone deep down the rabbit hole at each one of these different facets of backcountry hunting so even though i have this balance and i have a business and i have family uh it's on my mind every single day i'm working to be a better bow hunter and i'm putting in that time and effort and you know my my wife understands that like and she knows like uh uh you know that running it it has different benefits too like i almost use it like as a stress reliever um and and she knows when i haven't ran that day she's like you know uh, have you ran today? Like she can just tell I'm a bit irritated or I haven't put in that effort or that work. So she encourages it. You know, she makes sure that I'm out on my runs day in, day out. And, um, you know, that I'm, you know, because she sees the other benefits of it as well. And she sees like living a passionate life and something that I love to do. Uh, it makes me a better person all the way around. And so, uh, but, but it has been, um, you know, we get, we get smarter the longer we do this life. And like, um, <laughs> yes, it, I wasn't Older always that way in my twenties. <laughs> like I just like, a, it just took a long time to get those realizations and to be able to find balance in my life. And if I'm being totally honest, I didn't have those balance in my younger years. I was one of those guys you were describing that that's all I did and all I thought about. <laughs> uh, so, uh, definitely trying to get better as I go. And, um, now I'm definitely like finding a better balance in my life. But, uh, um, uh, yeah, I, I noticed the guys that, that are successful, they live that lifestyle, 365. They're always putting in the work and putting in the effort. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's amazing because, I mean, I, I was like that for quite a while. I mean, you know, it was hard bouncing the life, you know, the regular life. I could The good thing I could say is, you know, while my son played sports, you know, Saturdays, I never missed a football game. And I'll never forget his senior year, his last game, his very last football game he played, I, I was so happy. And somebody on Facebook posted this meme that said, one of these days you're going to wake up and there'll be nobody to take the practice. How sad. And I, I remember chiming in, the greatest day of my life when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> okay? Because I mean... I'm not, but I'm not a sports guy. I don't watch sports. I mean, I would rather, you know, sports, the time kicks in, it's hunting season. I mean, a perfect example is one time it was, uh, you know, I was so into hunting. I had this friend and we're trying to plan to hunt and go together and we're getting all of our gear. We had everything planned for opening weekend. And he shot me a message saying, Hey bro, I can't go uh, opening weekend. Like, dude, we've been planning for this since like January. And this was like in July. He said, Toby Keith's coming in concert. My wife and I are going. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm like, I could care less who's coming in concert. I mean, I was so mad. But it just showed, and it actually affected our friendship. And that's when I learned, I'm like, well, see, that's, you know, like I said, that tunnel vision, just wanted to kill <laughs> stuff. But, but, but hey, after that, I did kill some deer. So what does that say? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, you're right. It's super important to be there at these um, family occasions, and I make it an absolute priority. You know, my oldest daughter, she's graduating this year, and uh, she's heading to college, and I got her to stay in Montana, which is great. She got into the honors college there, and so proud of her for all her work, and she found volleyball, and, um, you know, I'm just glad that I can uh, implement these same uh, traits that I I really respect in life. So, you know, it's just telling her, like, uh, you find something you really like in life put all your effort into it and you will be good at it and you know not that she put you know she's really good at her schoolwork and her sports but her volleyball doing these traveling teams which you know were a nightmare for me like montana's a big state and here right during the smack of bear season we'd have volleyball tournaments every single weekend that we're traveling four or five hours in hotels and expense and um but I wanted to support her in her passion. And so we made it work. And, yeah. and now my youngest daughter, like, um, she is all in on sports. She just, um, uh, 
uh, playing yeah. basketball, and uh, she's only in eighth grade, but um, uh, just a, a, a firecracker on the court. Like she just loves it. It's it's basketball and volleyball and track, and now she's got the lead in the play this week. So I got to run over to the Eastman's office and make sure I'm back Saturday so I can watch this play that she's <laughs> you know been working so hard at. But uh, you know it is. It's just making uh, family a priority, like bow hunting is a priority to us, and uh, making sure we're there and that we can. Um, you know, that, that we can teach these kids uh, what we know about life along the way and hopefully set yeah. them up for success, you know. So it is a beautiful thing, and you definitely did that uh, with your son and I'm <laughs> sure with your other kids as well. And so, um, man, it's just it's fun to Thank hear you. about your, your journey, Isaac, and your journey into the industry as well as you've just willed yourself in there. And um, uh, the Eastmans have some great stories about you. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just stoked that I can get you on the podcast for, like, a good in-depth conversation and uh, – learn what makes you tick it, thank you and you know what you need to get on the eastmans okay tell them to get that honey high country mule deer get it on audiobook okay oh tell right them to get that thing on an audiobook i mean i found an app that you can scan a book for you and we'll have somebody re- put it in the audiobook format and read it to you and one of the voices I picked was Gwyneth Paltrow. And I tested it out reading the book, reading the book. But but then again, the ADHD kicked in and I was scanning too many pages. I'm like, forget about it. But tell them to get that. Brian, you should read that book, actually. You should do it. Get that book, read it, and put it on audio. I promise you it will do good. Huh, that's a really think good of, idea, think, Isaac. Think I, about that. I may steal your idea and pitch it while I'm over there this weekend because you're right. That I that get, book is uh, uh, such – it still it yeah. holds up to the test of time, and I still – own that book and you know sits on my bookshelf yes. or whatever and i haven't revisited it for a bit but the the information in there really holds up and it's a great learning tool for guys that are out there uh that are looking for good reading because mike just understood those high country mule deer and he was doing it before mm-hmm. anybody was doing it uh coyote yes. out or bivying out like yeah. you say um, yes just so many no wool no wool man i did the wool thing when after reading that book oh my god that wool was so heavy <laughs> Yeah, I hate wool. <laughs> I made sure to bought wool. I have a few things now, but but remember, this is back before the cool wool stuff came out. Like, damn, these Salvation Army wool things suck. Oh, it's so itchy on the skin too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know but wool. Yeah, uh, he knew it. <laughs> it it's a great uh, uh, material, and uh, it's been used for years. But yeah, there's definitely uh, the the gear portion. The right I don't kind. know if that totally holds up, or at least they've improved it a lot. But they've made it a lot easier for us guys out there with all the lightweight yeah, gear have. and. Uh, all the great clothing. I mean, you can really be out there and be more comfortable. So uh, they had to be a bit tougher back in his day and age for sure. Oh, yeah. I don't know if they told you. I actually own a first edition copy of that book. Really? Yeah, it was given to me. A guy that used to work over there uh, gave it to me. When, actually, when I started my job at Badlands, he sent it to me as like kind of a gift. And it was a first edition Hunting High Country Mule Deer book because all the pictures were in color. All of them mm. were in color. Mm. I had so. a copy that I think I had uh, let a buddy borrow or it gave away and ended up losing it. And so then I had to yep. go on Amazon and they weren't uh, printing that book anymore. And so I think I no. had to pay like over $100 for that book way back in the early 2000s just to get yeah. it again because uh, they, they didn't have it in print. And I had given that one away. But, yeah, I made sure that one has always sat on my bookshelf. It's just a great read. So. Uh, Mike is such a wealth of knowledge. It's been really fun getting to know yeah. him. So yeah, offer that book up and I just want, just give me 10% of my cut. All right. When you start selling out on Yeah, we'll do. I'll get you in the contract. So, uh, well, uh, thanks again, Isaac. I've really enjoyed the conversation and, um, yeah, I'm going to hit you up again in the future and congratulations on all the stuff that, that you and Black Rifle are doing. Uh, congratulations to your boy, like being the Bowtech over there at Black Rifle and working for it. It's just been, um, amazing to see. So, uh, really appreciate your coming on, you coming on and, um, yeah, really, really happy we got a chance to have an in-depth conversation. Right on, brother. All right. Thanks. Take care. Okay. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Fun conversation with Isaac. He's been doing this for a long time and really fun to get his insight into hunting mule deer, insight into to family life and uh, making everything work on the home front. Uh, really pumped. He like he gets to work with his son there at Black Rifle Coffee Company, which is amazing, and uh, just really excited to to go run into these guys this this week here and um, 
get this podcast out to you and then I leave early in the morning tomorrow at six and uh, we'll travel down to um, Salt Lake or Heber City and then Salt Lake to Black Rifle Coffee Company. So uh, pump, those guys are making great coffee and just um, hire great people. So uh, really fortunate to get to, to meet and chat with Isaac. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast today. I want to thank our, our sponsors again, Black Rifle Coffee Company. Uh, I want to thank uh, Vector Arrows, Building Awesome Arrows, and also Cutter Stabilizers. Earl Stroll, buddy of mine, just a, a great human being that started this uh, as a small business, hasn't been able to grow it into the best stabilizers on the market, in my opinion. So uh, make sure to support those companies, uh, support us here at Eastman's. We've got some new Beyond the Grids hitting out. I know Dan's got an elk one too, a grind of a hunt where he ends up shooting a bull at like five yards. Uh, I think that one is out now. Uh, we've got last year's uh, high country hunt that I did. Um, I was really proud of the way that one came out. And uh, we got some new ones that are going to be uh, releasing here shortly. So be on the lookout of those. We will release that Muley School shortly here. I haven't heard the final word, but we're just about there. Uh, sometime here in the next couple days. But I'll, I'll make sure you guys know when we release it. I'll push it out on my social media and let you know here on the podcast. And man, oh, I am just um, busy as all get out here in the final push. I am getting some scouting days in, which has been really fun to look at some moose country and look at some moose. Haven't found my big bull yet, but I will and finding some great vantage points and um, uh, been really fun hiking around the mountains here. So enjoying that and uh, just getting ready for season. I got a, a busy full one here in front of me. And so trying to get all my work and responsibilities done. Also trying to, to hang out and spend some quality times with uh, my daughter and uh, my daughters and my wife. So uh, we've been working hard on that. We've done a, uh, a backpacking trip already this summer. And um, so, yeah, just keep spending quality time with those girls as I know I'm going to be gone a bunch here in the fall. So just trying to get it all taken care of and wrapped up. And I sure am busy this year, uh, but just going to make the most of the time I do have and um, soak in this life that I love so much. So I uh, hope you guys got some big adventures you're planning on and uh, working hard towards your goals. Uh, have been running out in the heat, getting some good workouts in. Uh, not as many as I normally do, but uh, I, I am keeping myself in good shape and ready for this season. So I'll be ready, and uh, I'm sure you guys will as well. God, I got that bow shooting so good right now. Just so much confidence in that thing. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a great season. Uh, I just want to be clutch when I get the chance and just soak it in. Like, just go have some adventures where I really push myself, where I I find my limits and um, have fun and be exhausted and and hopefully arrow a few critters in the, um, you know, while I'm doing it. So uh, it's going to be a blast. I got some hunts planned with good buddies. So um, just really looking forward to it. That's the carrot in front of my nose that keeps me working hard and um, looking forward to season. So. All right, you guys, thanks so much for the support here with the podcast, social media, uh, the videos, things of that nature. I really appreciate it. And with that, I'll check in with you next week.